Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. As you know, we're in the middle of our pledge month, and we're using uh, John Randolph Price's uh, sweet little book called The Abundance Book, and many of us are actually using the 40-day prosperity plan that's in here. And, uh, and we're definitely going to talk about prosperity today, specifically the topic of giving and receiving. But you know, I think I want to start by talking about weightlifting instead. So, uh, so we'll see how our time together goes. Um, so have you been to the gym lately? Uh, it's all about weight training. You know, it used to, we went through the period of time when it was all aerobics and step machines and, and spinning and that kind of thing. And, and now what they're really saying is that resistance training is probably more important, that we can maybe shed some pounds by doing the, um, uh, the aerobic activity. But for most people, we want to make sure that we're building strength not just losing pounds. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, I'm sure many of you are familiar with uh, all the action movies out now where, where, where all of the actors uh, you know, are prominently displaying their muscles. And I was reading up and in fact talking with someone at, at, at the gym the other day, uh, kind of how they do that. And what's really interesting, especially for, for men, you ladies may not completely identify this, but it's about your abs and your biceps right now, right? It, it, it's like all the guys want to, you know, cut through everything else and somehow magically end up with the washboard stomach and the and the, the big biceps. But you know what's interesting is most of our muscles work in groups, and so if you just do weight training just to build up your bicep, which you can do, and, and, and in fact, if if you're reading the men fitness magazines, they're all telling you how to do it. But actually, you don't end up being any stronger for that because your bicep works with your tricep. And so you actually have to exercise this little muscle that probably isn't sexy at all to anyone in particular. But if you actually want to have strength and endurance and not just look good in a t-shirt, it requires exercising both halves of that muscle. All right. Some of you already, I can tell, know where I'm going with this. So Prosperity Month, right? We all want to receive more prosperity. But guess what the other half of the muscle is? We actually have to become good givers if we want to be a good receiver. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what that's like. And so then let's go from weight training into shopping. Maybe, maybe all of us can identify better with the idea of shopping. Have you ever thought what it would be like to live in Amazon.com's warehouse? Do you know what I mean? It's like they have everything now. It used to be they were just, you know, some electronics and books and things like that. And now, I swear, you can order a brand new car from Amazon.com. And what would it be like to actually live in a warehouse that had everything in it, right? That would be so big that the biggest struggle might be to just locate the thing that you wanted, but there, there it would be, and then you could have it. 
Well, I think actually the universe is a little bit like that. I think the universe is available to us in all of our all of its richness. I mean, every Sunday we talk about God being all there is. So, so think of God, among other things, as that, that limitless warehouse of all good. And of course, we're living in and as part of God. So maybe we need to reorient our thinking a little bit that it's more not a question of how do I receive what I want in life, but maybe it's more just how do I locate it? How do I find out what aisle that love that I want is on or, or, or how to navigate through this giant warehouse so that I can actually find and, and, and use what I want. And what I gotta tell you is the mechanism, the delivery mechanism is giving and receiving. And it is that muscle that we have to exercise both pieces of for it to work. In the human realm, if you think about it, Everything that we can receive is a gift of something else in the human realm, right? And so by definition, in fact, I think last year um, I tricked you all with a question. I very, I, I, you know, very um, ministerially I stood there and said, well, is it better to give or receive? Remember the trick question we did last year? Well, there isn't a better because in order for there to be any receiving, there has to be giving. And in order for there to be any giving there, right? It's, it, it's like that you can't have one without the other. And so if we want to be fully participating in that flow of life, we have to be as good a giver as we are a receiver. And in fact, that sort of primes the pump. That's what keeps us moving. If we try to focus just on one half of that equation, in fact, I bet you've known people that we're either over-givers or over-receivers. Don't, don't you? Do, you? do you follow me here? So an over-receiver is that needy person that always needs your love, needs your attention, needs your money. It's that person that, that seemingly without you, they would just wither up and die. Right? Haven't we all had a friend in our life along the way somewhere that was that supreme needy person that could only, only see in their own heart that they had to receive, that they, they couldn't participate in the other half of it? And then I bet we know, in fact, I bet I'm even looking. Do you feel the x-rays? <laughs> I bet I'm even looking at some people that are overgivers, that deflect receiving. Have you known people to turn down a compliment or, or known someone to turn down little gifts of affection and just, no, oh, no, 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 I couldn't. Oh, really? Oh, no, no, I couldn't. It's too much. It's just too much, right? It's because they're blocking out the receiving. Well, what I'm here to tell you is giving and receiving are equally important in the universe. And if we don't participate in both halves of it, you can expect stagnation. Back in our Amazon.com Amazon warehouse, it's like we keep sending the forklift out, but never let it come back, right? Eventually, we've just messed up the whole warehouse. Or, or maybe if we're in the receiving mode, oh, I just want more. I want to I get more. It's, it's like all the forklifts are just crowded around us. None, none ever gets to go out again to, to bring anything more. We really have to honestly and continually be giving and receiving if we want to be able to expand our notion of that flow of life. Okay, that is only part of the story. The other part of the story 
is the attitude with which we do the giving and the receiving. And I'll tell you a story about my grandmother. My, my, my sweet uh, grandmother that I love so much was not a very gracious giver. She was always giving presents, but let me explain a little bit. First of all, she was born just slightly after 1900, and in, in her world, you always had to be busy. It was something about idle hands through the devil's workshop or some nonsense like that. And so after, after dinner, every night she'd be crocheting or she'd be making afghans or quilting or things like that, and she loved giving presents. Trouble with it was, It'd be like, oh, here, I made this sweater for you. And it would be like lime green and orange and kind of oddly made and not a very good shape. And you'd go, oh, my, how, how magnanimous of you, <laughs> right? And so there would be that. But then next time you saw her, she'd be like, where's the sweater? Right? It's a cold day. Why aren't you wearing the sweater? <laughs> I, still, I still remember when I had my first apartment ever here in Portland, Oregon, and she came up from Newport, Oregon to visit, uh, she and Grandpa. And so they're looking around my tiny, tiny little apartment, and I noticed she's like, like pulling furniture around and stuff, like, Grandma, what are you doing? And she's saying, I know my Afghan has to be around here somewhere. <laughs> okay. So the, the trouble here is when we give gifts that are not really unattached, if we have stipulations on our giving, the trouble with that is we're telling the universe that it's fine to not give me free gifts. So if I give you something with strings attached, I'm telling the universe I'm fine with, with, uh, with all kinds of stipulations on my life, you know? I, I want my good, but maybe I'll have to work really extra hard for it because what I'm telling the universe is, no, things don't come freely. Things are hard. Things come with strings attached to them. You don't get anywhere unless you pay your dues. And so when you are involved in those kinds of gifts, you should expect the same thing coming back to you. And do you see how in a, back in our Amazon.com uh, universe, how we're starting to cut down some of the aisles that used to be available to us. We're saying, no, 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 I'll only accept one kind of gift or I'll only give one sort of gift. It has to have some proven value to it. So, so I'll just never walk down this aisle of the freely given gifts anymore. I'm going to stick to the aisle where every single thing I do is expected something in return. Right? Let's talk for a minute about hostess gifts. Right? So we go over to some, someone's invited us over to dinner, and we really think we ought to bring a little something. Well, first of all, ought we to bring a little something? Are we paying for our dinner? Or is it a gift that's truly given? Do you know what I mean? Do we feel obligated to? I mean, I would like to think that if I invited you over to dinner, I just want the company, your, you know, the pleasure of your company, right? I'm not expecting anything, or am I? <laughs> right? <laughs> I think a whole lot of hostess gifts are given because there's an idea of, well, maybe it's expected, or, or right? Well, these little things are really interested. And then if you give a hostess gift, do you expect to ever see it again? Or 
is it just fine if it goes immediately re-gifted to someone else, right? <laughs> have, you ever been, have you ever helped someone prepare for a garage sale and you see things that you've given them? <laughs> well, what I'm here to tell you is, it's all about the attitude of our giving and receiving. When we give and when we receive from that place of an open heart and no strings attached, what we're inviting the universe to do is to lavishly participate in that same way. Here's some gracious good coming your way and there are no strings attached. When we start putting strings on our gifts, right? I still remember the, my first go around at adult piano lessons. Uh, I was taking a, a piano lessons from an elderly woman over in Vancouver. And, uh, and, and actually she was from the church and she was like, well, it was only $20 for an hour lesson. And I'm going, oh, I can't pass this up, right? That's outstanding. And she's been a pianist for years and, a, and, and is a good teacher. And what I found out was that I got to take her shopping whenever I went over there, right? It wasn't a free gift of a nearly free lesson at all. It was what? A transaction. So if our gifts, whether they're either receiving or giving, if it's part of a transaction, I gotta tell you, you're doing a business deal. It's probably not a gift. Are you expecting something in return? Are you expecting a repayment, whether it be in money or whether it be in kind? That's the other thing, isn't it, with gifts, whether it be at Christmas or birthdays or things like that. So you give a gift. Are you expecting then that you'll get one on your birthday? Are you expecting that that, that person will hold you in higher regard? Because you, get, you see what I mean. It's not even necessarily a change, uh, an exchange of a good for a good. How often do we give gifts hoping that that person will like us better because of it? Oh, I wish I hadn't mentioned that part, right? Because I tell you, back to my granny, I think my granny thought that in order to be loved, she had to give gifts. I think she had totally missed the point that I loved her so dearly, if she never gave me a thing, we'd be good, right? Now, you might wonder where I'm going with this whole giving and receiving thing. We're actually going to talk about tithing today, but to get there, I think we need to break in with a joke. <laughs> All right. So the pastor of a tiny country church had been having trouble with stewardship, tithes, and offerings. Some people were giving just very little, and he was suspicious that some people were not putting anything in the collection basket at all. Well, one Sunday he had an inspiration. He announced, now, before the offering, I would like to request that that individual who stole eggs from the Widow Jones's chicken coop please refrain from putting any money in the basket. God doesn't need any thieving sinners. Well, the offering plate was passed, and for the first time in months, every single person contributed. (laughs) 
do you see how this just doesn't work? <laughs> Here we are in the middle of a pledge campaign, right? And we're, we're kind of urging you to fill out your pledge cards. We're urging you to be regular givers. And, and it's all about your attitude. It's all about your ability to give with an open heart. Many people do use the idea of tithing, of regularly giving every Sunday, as a way to, to really show their, their love and appreciation for their spiritual home. And it also becomes a part of a tithing practice for some people. They recognize that as they, they give from that place of the open heart, they also receive from that place of the open heart. So, so it's a wonderful practice. And to some people, tithing represents the old biblical notion of a tax, right? If you go back two or 3,000 years, the emperor or, or, or the, the local priest would just say, okay, you're a farmer of wheat, I get 10% of your first crop. Or, or if you raised cattle, it would be, I get 10% of the new calves this year, or whatever. And so that word of tithe is a little bit loaded because two or 3,000 years ago, it wasn't a gift that was freely given into your spiritual source, let's face it, it was a tax. So where are we with our own giving on Sunday? Is it out of a sense of obligation? Is it out of a sense of, well, if, if I spend more, maybe Larry will talk more? <laughs> or, <laughs> probably not that, right? <laughs> Or is it that gift that's truly given? Is it that idea of fully participating in that cycle of giving and receiving so that that entire warehouse, that entire Amazon.com-like warehouse that is the universe, that is our lives, can keep the flow moving? So that we are both enriched through our spiritual home, through the music, through the message, through the things that go on here, knowing that it's open and available, even on the Sundays we don't come, right? Uh, that's the other thing that uh, uh, most ministers notice is that the, uh, the, the tithing or, or what happens on Sunday in terms of finances goes down a little in the summer. It isn't because you don't love us in the summer. You're out busy. Do you know what I mean? Well, I went kayaking on Sunday rather than to church. And then we noticed that the income comes a little back in, in the fall, of course, when it's too wet to kayak and things like that. Um, but, do you, but do you see how... It's just interesting, isn't it, to notice that ebb and flow of life itself. And if we want to have some consistency in the flow that comes to us, so we need to have some consistency in our gift giving, in our tithing, in the way that we present ourselves out in the world, both that muscle that is giving and that muscle um, that is receiving. So this month, as you fill out your pledge cards, I would just like you to take a look at two things. One is, what's the sense of your giving here? If it's from that place of just open-heartedness, that, that place of uh, wanting to be in the flow of things, that, that sense of uh, really enjoying your spiritual home, you know, that's that ideal place. If it feels like someone's giving you a bill to pay, on the other hand, take a look at that. What's up with that? Because if your heart is in that place of seeing everything uh, that you would uh, spend money on being like a bill or something that has to occur, you're just closing down parts of that warehouse again, right? Yeah.
Last thought on this whole subject, uh, and I do love the metaphor of the warehouse. Uh, have we all known someone that's a little bit stingy? Uh, I'll think of an example here. Uh, uh, one of my exes was a little bit on the stingy side. He was very funny. He would go to something like McDonald's and pay $11, you know, would like order a milkshake and, you know, you can actually spend $11 at McDonald's if you work at it, right? But would he spend $14 at a nice seafood restaurant? Do you see the kind of illogic here? It's just a little bit what I think of as stingy, a little uh, frugal when it wasn't called for. When you are like that, it's like you're shutting down the whole lovely side of the warehouse. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, diamonds can't come to you, right? It's like the whole jewelry section doesn't exist anymore. The whole fine dining section of of life's riches have just closed out to you. And I'm not saying that we should be spendthrifts. I'm certainly not saying that we should live beyond our means. What I am saying, though, is... When we do spend our money, let's do it from a place of open-heartedness and a place of generosity. That, that true gift, maybe we give fewer gifts, and that's okay, but when they're from the heart and when they feel generous, when they have that sense of richness about them, then the whole warehouse opens up. Every aisle is free. The giving and the receiving can be magnanimous. So final thought for today, homework. Now you remember I said no more homework, that if you're doing that 40-day prosperity plan, you didn't need to do any homework. Well, that's almost true. (laughs) I just want to read from the 40-day prosperity plan. The very last bullet point for those of you who are doing it have to do with giving. Here's what he says. You can prove this truth of prosperity to your deeper mind by sharing your supply on a regular basis while you're working with the 40-day prosperity plan. Giving is an esoteric science that never fails to produce results if it is done with love and joy. But if you tithe or share as a mechanical and calculated method to please God, to unload guilt, to meet a sense of obligation, to play a bartering game with God or others, no one benefits, not even the receiver. So give with love, give greatly, give with joy, give with a sense of fun, and the windows of heaven will be thrown open with a blast. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. You can think of it as that Amazon.com warehouse of all unlimited riches, whatever you want to think of it. I call it God, and I know it is without end. It's every person, every place, everything, every situation. It's, it's the love, the peace, the joy of the universe. It is uh, all material abundance, of course, but, but beyond that, truly everything. And, and because it's everything, I'm right in the middle of it. I'm, I'm on aisle 1A in the warehouse with access to everything. What a pleasure to recognize myself right in that heart of God. 
And as it is true for me, it is true for each person in this room. God plays no favorites. Each person here is an heir to this kingdom. Each person here has the capability of, of having a, a fulsome life of, of joy, of love, of material comfort. Each one of us in that place of giving and receiving to have that flow happen. And so for each person here, on this day, I claim perhaps a willingness uh, to be involved a little bit more honestly and a little bit more intentionally in that idea of giving and receiving, to receive and give gifts that have no strings attached, to to understand that it is when it comes from that place of the, the grateful and loving heart that the true measure of happiness is fulfilled. And so in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.